All right, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Red Pill News. Joining me once again from Noble Gold Investments, my good friend, Colin Plume. Colin, how are you today, sir? And my first question is, did you have anything to do with the gold that was recently found at Senator Bob Menendez's New Jersey home? That's a, this is a shot. This is, we're going to come out with this report right now, and I'm going to come on the record and say my mother actually texted me the same thing. <laughs> I got a text from her a few days ago about this. And then it was funny. She wrote, it's okay. You don't have to tell me. Like that was the the, the way that she was at. Um, I looked at those bars and, you know, those are the kind of bars that we sell. I mean, mm-hmm. those are kilo bars. Um, one of them was from a Swiss bank. It's it's sort of hard to see in those pictures. And they, you know, they, they, they take out the serial numbers in there, I think, because of the investigation. Yeah. Uh, that they're doing. Um, uh, the whole thing is fun. Uh, the, the idea that he's, he gets home from his trip from Egypt and he's, you know, what is an ounce of gold worth? And he's Googling all that stuff. Um, you know, never heard of incognito, uh, on your Google. I mean, <laughs> it's, you know, there's probably a lot of better ways that he could have, uh, he could have tried to do this here, but, um, no, but we sell those bars. I mean, those, Kilo bars. It's interesting. He, you know, has kilo bars. That's typically what we've been selling. We've been selling so many gold kilo bars over the last 60 days. It's so interesting because we typically most, mostly sell a lot of one ounce, 10 ounce, 50 gram, 100 gram gold bars. But because we've been having a lot of institutional investors come in recently because of the price dropping, um, we've been selling a lot more of those kilos. And I love selling those kilos at a great price. Um, and, uh, you know, you see a lot of the institutions buying them, the banks buying them, uh, and they're not that big. I mean, they're basically, this is a, this is a hundred ounce, uh, I'm sorry, this is a 10 ounce, uh, silver bar. It's a little bit bigger than this for a kilo, a little bigger, a little wider. Um, so for the record, we weren't involved with that transaction, but even if we were, uh, I would not tell anybody. <laughs> Keep it on the down low. Well, you know, you, what you were talking about there with Bob Menendez is almost uh, just incredible hubris. I mean, it was like he was positive that he was never going to go down for any of this stuff because the, the things that they have in terms of evidence, it's just like elementary. You know, like if I was trying not to get caught embezzling or, uh, you know, being on the take for public corruption, I would have stayed away from all of the things that he did. I mean, right. let alone the fact that they have like DNA and fingerprints from the people they allege were paying him off. I mean, the case is locked up tight. This is not going to be another mistrial situation like we had a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. No, he's he's it's not looking, you know, 450,000 in cash sitting in the house. You know, that's um, unusual, I would yeah, say. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Another hundred grand in gold bars is pretty unusual too. I mean, just, yeah. To- I mean, listen, a lot of people have gold that yeah. it's, it's, yeah. it's more common for them for someone to have a few hundred grand in gold than a few hundred thousand in cash. Sure. You know, someone that has that much cash, you know, you know, they always talk about you should have enough to live for a while. So maybe you have like six months of, of petty cash. And maybe he spends a lot. Maybe that is six months of petty cash. I don't know. Good I don't day. know what kind of lifestyle he's living, but um, it is an, an extraordinary amount uh, of cash. And, and just, you know, it doesn't make sense to have it never makes sense to have that much cash. I mean, well, especially now, to- especially now with his salary, Colin. I mean, as a senator, I think he makes one hundred eighty three grand a year. 
So, you know, I just don't there's there's no logical way that money could have showed up. Yeah, yeah. Well, he saved every penny for the last didn't spend anything on anything else and somehow just the cash uh accumulated uh over time. No. I yeah, it it it's uh you know, it's one of those things that's, you know, obviously in the news and people, a lot of people have been sending me uh, text messages and talking to me about, you know, those gold bars. And, and I had a, a friend, joking friend, like, can I get the, can I get the Bob Menendez bars? Can I get those <laughs> from you guys? I'll pay a hefty said, well, premium. Not, not those, but you know, you know, what's funny though, actually, what's interesting later is that they'll probably auction those off at some point and they'll probably be worth a lot of money. Oh yeah. Those bars. Um, they'll just, they'll have some kind of numismatic, you know, value. anytime there's kind of a scandal around, uh, you know, some kind of coinage, uh, like the, I think we talked about this, you know, the Binion story, the silver Binion story that there's a Binion, uh, uh, loot that basically there was a casino in Reno. Oh yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes. You know, you know, and basically the son of the owner, started to collect the silver coins when we used to use silver in the slot machines. Mm-hmm. He's decided like, Hey, this there's silver in these. I, we shouldn't, I shouldn't be giving that. So he kept a bunch of them. He built this bunker out a little bit outside of Reno and he built this bunker and it was like the guy that was building it. And it was like supposed to be very secretive. And then all of a sudden he ends up dead. Oh, there you go. You know, the whole story, right? Yeah, he ends yeah. up dead. And then basically it turns out the guy that built the bunker and Binion's son's girlfriend, who was like a showgirl, they ended up killing him and they, yeah. they tried to steal all the silver. And any long story short, they ended up selling all that silver at, uh, at auction. And you can buy the Morgan dollars and a lot of that silver and it sells at this huge premium. So anytime you have a scandal um, around some gold and silver, you see the, the premium obviously skyrocket. Um, and then there's, you know, the, the most recent thing that I've been looking at is, you know, I have this, um, the ship of gold, this, uh, we, we, we sell these coins that were in a shipwreck from 1857. Oh yeah. I remember those called the ship of gold. And the, the guy that found the shipwreck, Tommy Thompson, um, actually has been in jail for the past six or seven years. He's got a, like 500 to, they believe maybe a thousand other coins that he's hid, mm. um, from that that uh that shipwreck and he doesn't want to really reveal his sources he does there's like legal disputes so some of those ship of gold products that we've been selling people have been paying a huge premium for them just because of all the you know the story and the intrigue behind that so yeah anytime you have you know a, a story behind a coin or something happens behind it you know the people will pay a numismatic value that's that's well above just the just the metal price which is always always interesting now now is he in prison because he won't turn over the information to the state of florida because if i remember correctly the state of florida had tried to assert some sort of ownership over those coins and, yeah, and there was a legal it, it, process it, it, them and there's also some partners okay that help fund the expedition that said they didn't get paid so i think there's a few different parties and so he's just kind of stay stuck out in jail and says he's not going to release uh you know release anything and obviously those coins are have significant value oh yeah just to give you an idea one of the ingots it's an 80 pound ingot it sold in 2001 a gold one for eight million dollars holy geez yeah, which, you know, the gold price in 2001 was like, 
you know, 260 an ounce or something. So people will pay a massive uh, premium for those, for those bars and those coins. Um, so, yeah, so we'll see if he, he, uh, if and when he, he makes it out of jail and, and what the story is there. But yeah, there's always fascinating stories with, you know, shipwrecks and gold and, 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 you know, these, you know, there's always a lot of, uh, you know, with this Menendez, someone will buy these gold bars at auction and they'll sell, you know, probably five or six times more than what they should sell for. So there's actually a, a show that I'm watching right now that's based on a heist that happened in the UK. These guys uh, were planning to rob like an armed uh, truck depot or something like that. They, they were supposed to be like 100,000 pounds in the safe that was going to be distributed to a bank on that day. So they come in, there's like six guys, two guards, and they're trying to get into uh, the safe where all the money is. And the guards are nervous. They can't figure it out. And they turn around and they look and there's $26 million worth of gold bullion that's sitting there outside the cage because it's too big. They can't fit it in. And so they just lucked into what is, as far as I'm aware, the largest gold heist in history. So this is back in the early 80s. So I don't even know what gold would have been worth at that time. But, I mean, it was a large amount of gold. You know, you were saying a kilo is, you know, like a a small size bar. These were bars that were like four inches thick, and they were big. And it was bound for like Saudi Arabia or something, if I'm not mistaken. And and so the shame of it is that they had to launder this gold into the system because they couldn't just, you know, all of a sudden come up with $26 million and 100% pure bullion. So they were they went to a jeweler or a gold merchant who would buy, you know, scrap gold from people, melt it down and he would melt the bars into that scrap gold and then come up with a less pure product and then launder that into these larger bullion retailers. Uh, and then, you know, v- eventually they caught him because they saw that their uh, taxes that they had to pay on all this gold went from like 250,000 pounds a year to like 8 million in like three months. And, uh, and, and so the vast majority of it was lost as far as I'm concerned, but it's uh, fascinating stuff. What people will do for gold. Yeah, no, it really, it, it, that, I mean, and for them to luck upon, you know, not getting cash and getting gold, you think for them would have been a good thing, but yeah, yeah I mean, obviously that's a, it's probably a big problem having to move that much gold and, and uh, over time. And, and, you know, it's, it's probably the pro and con of gold is that it's so liquid. You can move it. Um, you know, I went and did an interview a few days ago and I got on a plane with some gold and silver and, you know, put it through the detector and they, you know, they looked at it and they were trying to figure out what to do with it and how, how that whole thing works. But you can, you can move a lot of gold and silver, uh, anywhere in the world pretty easily and quickly. Uh, which is, you know, I, I think that people love that that liquidity, uh, especially in this market where liquidity is tough. And, you know, we were talking off air about, you know, what's happening in the markets right now. It's like just an absolute pause in so many investment areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, today they announced the highest 30-year mortgage um, in 20 years. Um, so, I mean, talk about just a dagger into the soul of, of real estate agents all across the country that they have not had any reprieve or any ability to, to do anything in this market. You can't, it's such an unusual market. So the average mortgage, um, in January last year across the country 
was about twelve hundred dollars, twelve hundred and twenty dollars. Mm-hmm. The average that rate today, that same mortgage, uh, the same debt that you're getting is twenty three hundred and forty two dollars. That's an eighty five percent increase. Wow, average mortgage across the country. If they were going to buy it January of a year ago, and then buy that same mortgage today, so you know how does how do you navigate that? conversation in the real estate world, how how does someone justify coming into the market to buy a new property where they could have bought it two years ago at an, you know, had that mortgage at an 85% discount? Coupled the fact that, you know, the 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 job market, it, you know, raises are tough. The market is tight right now. You know, how can they justify paying that significantly higher mortgage? I don't mm. I don't think most people can. No. Then you have people that are just like, well, I got a 3% mortgage. I'm not going anywhere. You know, I'm never, so I'm going to die in this house with this 3% mortgage. So it's just that the market is just, they've done, Powell has just done everything that he could to destroy this market. And, and I understand, you know, he is trying to, you know, slow down inflation, but a lot, core inflation has dropped significantly. There's, there's a lot of areas that inflation has dropped pretty significantly and the idea that we're still raising rates, even with what's happening out there. Um, and I've, you know, joked about this that, you know, Powell's a sadist. You know, I, I don't think it's right what's happening right now that people are just, you know, that whole industry that they cannot survive. I know real estate agents that haven't closed a deal in 10, 12 months. Uh, the market has just been completely decimated. Well, the thing, and the crazy thing is that prices don't seem to have come down either. They continue to go up. <clears throat> I mean, right. you know, I am luckily one of those people who got uh, this mortgage back in 2021, so August of 2021. But even with that decent mortgage rate, uh, because of the increasing values of homes, my mortgage went up by four hundred dollars this year. You know, I mean, just in in June, all of a sudden they guess what? Your house is worth a whole bunch more. Not like you can get anything out of that. But now your insurance is more. Now your actual payments that you have to pay is more. And I, so, it's, so I just it's it's insane. It's a miracle yeah, we haven't had a crash. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Insurance has gone. Homeowners insurance has gone up. I mean, you're see, you're just seeing a lot of the day to day items uh, continue to go up, and you know, as a as a business owner talking to other business owners, you know, there's just this absolute like we we're not doing anything right now type of mentality. People are not being aggressive, um, but also, you know, Warren Buffett always says when there's you know blood in the streets, that's when you need to start looking at things, and I think you know looking at precious metals, commodities, gold, silver, platinum. Platinum is, uh, you know, I just got off a call with the World Platinum Council. I mean, there's, we're having a shortage of platinum like we've never seen. I mean, we're talking about, you know, you're talking about hundreds of thousands of ounces short uh, this year. They're talking about a shortage next year. Um, So there's a lot of uh, commodities right now that are, that are in high demand. I know they're talking about oil prices continuing to go up. So there's, you know, there are things that, that have value that people can look into. And so, you know, it's one of those situations where, you know, do you put your head in the sand or do you lift yourself up and really try to see opportunities out there? You know, gold in the 1800s right now. I think if you look at anybody were to tell you, you know, mining costs has gone up significantly in gold and silver and platinum. Uh, the demand has not diminished. 
We haven't seen any diminish in, in industrial demand. Um, the only area that I would say that's had a little bit of a pullback is jewelry. Um, but there are other uses in gold that have continued to rise. Uh, jewelry has dropped a little bit just because people aren't buying as much jewelry right now. Uh, but that, that tide will shift, uh, over time. So I, I think it's an unusual time, uh, that we've had this long kind of bear, uh, market, people nervousness and, um, you know, people need to look at, you know, what's going to happen next year in the future. And that's typically how you look at investments is go, what's going to happen next year? What's going to happen the year after that? And there's a lot of turmoil next year. You know, we have an election coming up next year. Nobody knows what's going to happen. So I think there's going to be a flight to safety and more people are going to be moving into uh, gold and silver than before. Uh, you saw Costco jumping in the market. They're yep. selling gold bars now. So you have all these companies that are jumping into the gold market. They're selling it. And obviously that's going to increase demand. The more buyers out there, more retail buyers out there uh, will help the price continue to go up over time. Colin, I, I know with oil, at least, um, a large part of the, the increase of the price is uh, not only the restriction of production, both here in America and then, of course, in Saudi Arabia, but also sanctions against Russia. So their oil can't enter the market. What specifically is uh, causing that shortage in the platinum market? Because obviously, it you, you mentioned industrial needs. I mean, it's a, a component in a lot of different circuitry and electronics and certainly probably, I would imagine, in electric vehicles. I know silver is as well. But I mean, yeah. what is it that's causing that? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that we, you know, people that have been around gold and silver a long time, they remember the price of platinum was always higher than the price of gold. Absolutely. Right now, it's well below that. I mean, we're talking about, you know, high $800 range. They're having a hard time mining uh, platinum. You know, there's there are restrictions in a lot of places all over the world. Mining also has restrictions, and there's places that it's becoming more difficult. Um, there's some countries that it's it's becoming so expensive to mine that they're having to figure out how to continue to do it, and the price hasn't moved. So, you know, it's a combination of a few things. When you have the price sit, at where it's been sitting in the $800 range for, you know, $900 range for a long time. And the cost of labor have gone up. You know, you have, uh, there's a big silver mine. Uh, the name will come to me in a little bit. There's a big silver mine in Mexico that's owned by one of the largest uh, mining companies in the world. And the, the miners are on strike. They're asking for a similar pay raise as the auto workers here in the U.S., mm. 30%, 40%. So, but as a company, you know, how do you do it? How, how do you justify paying that increase in labor costs when the price of the metal hasn't moved yet? So I think you're seeing mines just slowing down because they can't keep up with that significant increase in labor costs. So that's even shrinking the supply even more. Where the, where the need is coming from is absolutely said. It's, it's catalytic converters. Mm -hmm. Palladium was a massive use for that for many years, but now they're starting to use platinum more and more. And so you still have this, you know, three or $400 gap between platinum and palladium price. And, but you're, you're not seeing the amount of platinum coming out of the ground yet. They're not, they're not able to do it. They can't afford it. So there's the shortage just continues and it's, it's basically a self-fulfilling prophecy until we start to see the price move a little bit, then there'll be more mining going on. But the, 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 in that meeting with the World Platinum Council, the amount of platinum that we need to, to sustain for the next five to 10 years, we're like 40 or 50% below production to hit those numbers. Wow. Wow. So, I mean, it's, 
It, I, what do you think it is that it, oh hold on hold on uh, I was muted sorry about that what do you think it is that is artificially keeping the cost of platinum down obviously it's something that's necessary I mean it is used in jewelry uh, you know it's it is sought after I mean it's basically been flat for years I mean I, you, you mentioned when it was higher than gold I mean I remember when gold surpassed platinum and I was like wow what the heck is going on I, I can't believe this I, is even happening yeah, and it's more rare than gold. Yeah, I mean that's it is it is significantly more rare. Yeah, I mean I think overall there's just in in the whole uh, investment world right now there's just been a lot of sell offs. There's a lot of people getting out of the market. There's a lot of fear out there, uh, and and they're just selling with with no reason. You know, unfortunately, it's you know people sell in these kind of markets because they just they see a 10% or 15 or 20% pullback and they just can't sustain any more of that pain. Whereas you see the institutional investors, as I was mentioning earlier with the kilos and the gold and the family offices, you know, they see a 15 or 20 or even 30% pullback as a buying opportunity because it, at the end of the day, I mean, these gold, silver, platinum, platinum, they're all metals that have to be used in industry. So the price will eventually go up. It's just a matter of how long you can wait. And unfortunately, a lot of day-to-day investors or people that are, um, you know, so fickle, they're, they're just, they can't always see past the trees and realize that they need to stick something out for a while or mm-hmm. even double down. Um, you know, that's typically what, what I do in a market like this. You know, I'm, I'm really happy with, with the prices right now, gold and silver and platinum because, I'm just going to continue to buy, right? I mean, this is, these are great buying opportunities. And, you know, the dollar cost averaging method does work. Um, and it will continue to work. And my, and my prediction is that we'll see platinum mid next year, thirteen, $1,400 range. So if I can pick it up at 900, I mean, that's fantastic. Yeah. I yeah. bought some at a thousand and I bought some at 1100, but eventually, you know, that'll bring my total price down to a much lower uh, price point for me. And I think people like us that believe in the metal and believe in the long term will do that. Um, and, and always there is downside risk more. Yeah. It could go down a little bit lower, but based on what I'm seeing in terms of mining costs and what the mines are doing, the idea that mines are shutting down because they can't afford labor costs. We know that these metals are necessary. They're going to have to use them over time. So it it actually gives me confidence in, in a market where there's a lot of fear. So you, you also mentioned uh, institutional hold, holders of gold. It, it's kind of counterintuitive. I mean, everybody seems to be forcing uh, – is being forced to put their money into the necessities. Um, but gold holdings are at an all-time high. I mean, across the board, I think largely that's being driven by those institutions and by governments. I mean, since the last time we spoke, BRICS has really kicked off. Uh, they've basically – position themselves globally as a major force to rival the U.S. dollar, and we're already seeing nations align with them. I don't know if you know this, but Haiti has just aligned themselves with BRICS. Like, you can no longer just send American dollars down to Haiti. You've got to convert it somehow, or you've got to send it via Western Union and hope that whoever is working at that window isn't going to rip you off. But I've got some friends that do mission work down there, and they said it's, uh, it, it's, kind, of, it's kind of freaky. Yeah, no, that's interesting. Yeah, and, and I think so. Talk about BRICS. You know, you look at China. Um, you know, pulling back on U.S. Treasuries, and you know they're not directly investing strictly in just bullion. They buy gold and silver and platinum mines, but you have seen a significant uptick uptick in their gold holdings. 
uh, specifically this year. I mean, there's there's been a massive amount of central bank buying this year in gold. And I think a lot of it is the pullback in how much they're keeping in, in U.S. treasuries. And, and we all know that the numbers in the dollar have shrunk pretty considerably over the last four or five years. You know, the amount of U.S. holdings in, in, um, in central banks was over 70% five years ago. Now we're in the 59.5% range in terms of central banks holding of the dollar. So there has been a significant shift away. And I think they're, they're just parking, right? I mean, that's what a lot of people are doing is they're just looking for that safe haven to park money for a while. Um, and, you know, a lot of investors are putting their money into cash right now too. You know, 5% of the bank, that's obviously enticing. So you see people moving away from real estate. They don't want to be stuck in those investments. Obviously, the stock market, um, you know, has been really rocky up and down. So I think liquidity, whether it's in the dollar and, and making 5% of the bank or in gold and silver, is what a lot of people believe is the best strategy uh, to be in because they want to have that liquidity if we see a recession next year, which with that inverted yield curve that's been happening for, for almost uh, about a year now, that's the typical sign of a, of a recession. So having liquidity and, you know, gold and silver is liquid, just like, just like the dollar, you can get in and out of it quick. Having that liquidity to jump into some other investment potentially next year makes a lot of sense. Or, you know, people are just saying, you know what, I want a sleepy investment. I'm going to dive into gold and silver and just kind of wait things out. So uh, finally, we have to talk specifically about silver as well, because, um, you know, obviously as the the most, uh, I guess, easily obtainable precious metal because of the price and because of the, the quantities of it, a lot of people are in that. I hear about it from my audience all the time, uh, but apparently silver supplies are also in short in, in short supply right now and high demand. What is driving that? Yeah, I mean, yes and no. It, yeah. it is in shorter supply. There are products that are more difficult to get. Um, however, you know, big part of our company, Noble Gold, is when people call us, you know, we go through the different items and some items might take a little longer to get, but we have items that you can get very quickly too. And we want to ship quickly. That's really, uh, something that we've always tried to do. I, if I could, sh- if I could get your wire day and ship tonight, I would love to do it. Right. So there are products that we can, if you call us and you want to get them fast, we can get those to your doorstep too. Generally speaking, we are seeing rumors that the industry is starting to get more dry and it's getting more difficult. Uh, but we do have inventory. We are shipping and we're getting metals out. Some people are getting metals in, in less than a week right now. Um, and we're, you know, we're trying to ship as quickly as possible. So there are, we're seeing the, the movement there that it's going to be dry, but we haven't seen that fully happen unless you want some very specific coin that, that is, is more difficult to get. You know, if you wanted something that's sort of obscure. But if you're, you know, you're looking at bullion, you know, like this flag bar or stuff like this, obviously this is oxidized a bit because I, I keep this out of my desk. So these, this is not how our product looks. It's a little rough. I can verify. Yeah. Wanted, like, <laughs> it'll be shiny when it comes to your doorstep. I can promise you that. But if you wanted something, you know, of the more generic side, uh, we can get those out very quickly. Okay. Awesome. Well, uh, Colin, do you, do you have any final thoughts for the audience? Anything uh, that you want to make sure that they're aware of before we sign off? Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's, it's a good time to be in a, in a liquid acid like precious metals. I think it, you, you want to have flexibility. I think there's going to be opportunities out there. I always talk about different investments and you and I talk, I know you're in crypto and you know, you got different things you're about and I am too. But I just can't see real estate being great right now for a long time. As you mentioned, prices haven't dropped. 
So if you if debt is 85% more expensive and prices haven't dropped, hmm, probably not a great place to be right now, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. Humble opinion, but don't buy it. Uh, so I would say just overall, like keeping your options open, people that have never looked at gold and silver, give us a call. Uh, you know, reviews are, are flying in, you know, check out our reviews really, really have skyrocketed over the last, uh, you know, 60 days. A lot of great reviews are out there. So give us a call, get information on this, the, the real metal, not a fund, uh, not a mining company. If you want the real thing, give us a call. We can, we can get you out that good information. Okay. Awesome. You can go to my special link, redpill78gold.com. The link and the other information is in the description of this video right at the top. Colin, thank you as always for being here. I sincerely appreciate you and uh, thanks for all you do. Thanks. We'll see you.